Hey, Paige. This is Alicia. This is Katie. And this is Paige. And we are Crime, crime Bay. We are a true crime podcast bringing you at least one episode a week. And we are going to cover a wide range of topics uh, varying from the more known, well-known stories, your serial killers, to the more lesser known um, stories such as supernatural myths, legends, cryptids. We know you guys want to know about Mothman. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't? Um, And we're going to be fun and humorous at the appropriate times, too. And sometimes the inappropriate And times. sometimes inappropriate. <laughs> we got to make ourselves laugh to keep from crying, you know? Sure, you follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook, all at Crime Bay Podcast. Thank you so much. We look forward to uh, making you a bay. Thank you, bay. Hasta la pasta. The subject of today's episode is a method of torture used by the, big surprise here, British, against the Irish during the Irish Rebellion of 1798. An extremely simple, yet devastatingly painful process that left its victims with horrible scars that would cover their head and face. Not the only method that was used at this time, but by far the most terrifying, consisting of cloth, tar, and time. This method would cause even the most dedicated soldier to cave in and give up those they were working with. Today we cover pitch capping. I'm Kevin Young. And I'm a proud Irish man, Dan Hurrigan. <laughs> and this is Torture. Oh, fucking hell. This is going to be yeah, fun. Yeah, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I had a bunch of different ones I was looking at. I was like, I was going to go with something completely different for this week, but I, I saw this. I was like, oh, you know what? Let's talk about this because Dan go off on a few tangents about his Irish heritage and all. <laughs> <laughs> By lonely prison walls. <laughs> so before we get started, we've talked on and on about calls to action, specifically emails. Well, a one Madeline Martin was paying attention, and she answered the call. She writes to us, Hello, Dan and Kevin. Hello, Madeline. Hello. Hello. Uh, thanks for creating a great, po- a great podcast. I've always been into learning about dark and morbid topics, but try to balance it out with more lighthearted subject matter so I don't go completely crazy. Yeah. Yeah, we know. Uh, your podcast does both. I've recommended torture to like-minded friends with dark senses of humor with success, and I feel like I have to thank you for introducing Dr. Magnet Hands as well. I think we enjoyed playing even more than we enjoyed our drinks. 
Keep being awesome, and we're looking forward to future episodes. Have a great day. I'd almost forgotten that I brought up Dr. Magnet Hands. Uh, <laughs> so many episodes. I ago. think if we take anything from doing this entire podcast, we take the fact that you have introduced somebody to Dr. Magnet Hands, and you probably have yes. forever changed their life. So. I told her, I was like, I'm happy you played Dr. Magnet Hands. Play it any way you want. As long as somebody does the horrible European accent, that that is a must. That's mandatory. The accent is mandatory. Like, like all, Everything else you can just do. Yeah. Like all the horrible European <laughs> accents we did in the last episode. That I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I did. Yeah, all the German ones. Yeah. My apologies <laughs> to all my German friends out there. Oh, they'll be all right. Yeah. Germans have to. You can't take. Germans can't take anything too seriously. They don't have the right to. <laughs> it's coming from a German. So, uh, extremely grateful for your support, Madeline. Uh, especially the word of mouth promotion. That's that's huge. Letting people know that you're listening to the show and getting it out there. That's huge. I know telling people that you listen to this kind of podcast can be awkward. Uh, it's awkward for me to tell people about it as well. <laughs> I created the fucking thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm asked all the time as I was like, "Yeah, yeah you're doing a podcast." Like, yeah, yeah. What's it about? <laughs> what's it about how do i explain this you, uh, you do the whole you know you don't want to listen you don't want to know don't worry about it just go, listen to something else <laughs> listen to cereal that's fine uh but thank you for the email uh if you would like to get your name on the pod just like madeline uh email us torturepod at gmail.com um tell a friend or uh actually pretty up better off telling a stranger in like an elevator uh to listen to the show because you know it doesn't matter if they judge you you don't know them uh, but it does help so thanks oh fuck I apologize if there's any uh, sound differences on this episode for some reason our connections are really laggy today I don't know if it's uh, weather or Dan you just had your internet worked on over there I don't know if that has uh, anything to do with it I wouldn't exactly say worked on but yeah um, <laughs> yeah we lost connection Last week, had to get a guy out to get it restored and have some issues. And apparently, they were trying to push too strong of a connection through the line. Now, our connection here is pretty bad. Anybody, we, we find it very funny, though, how realistically, in America, um, you could live in a ranch in the middle of absolutely nowhere, 100 miles from any ounce of civilization, and have better internet than we have here. Yeah. And, like, ours is... I'm pretty sure is running on a potato, as I've said before. So, <laughs> yes, you said that. Yeah, uh, so it's it's really really bad. But um, yeah, I'm working on ways of getting it a little bit better in the house for up here, like getting those. Um, I can't remember what what do you call them. I have a couple of things in my Amazon basket to do it where I read like a booster type thing. So uh, so, so yeah. I get nothing but pure clean signal through from the router downstairs. Yeah. So. But uh, yeah, Irish internet is pretty crap, to say the least. That sucks. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, we'll soldier through, and uh, I'll just edit everything. This is why you, 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 both people record at their houses that so they can all be cut in. It's mm-hmm. not a big deal. Mm-hmm. All right. So you don't really have. To to have an extensive knowledge on the Irish Rebellion of 1798. And I will at some point say 1978. (laughs) It will happen. I apologize. 
uh, to understand why pitch capping was such a horrifying torture. But it helps to know what was going on at the time. So, Dan, being our resident Irishman, uh, can you please give us a quick Cliff Notes version of the rebellion so everybody knows kind of what we're talking about? Quick, easy version is English bad, Irish good. Um, Yeah. Um, Well, funnily enough, I had to do a bit of research into this myself because I completely forgot everything to do with Irish history. The one thing I did know from it (laughs) is a man called Wolf Tone, who everybody in the country knows. Um, There's actually a music group called the Wolf Tones. You should listen to them. They're um, traditional Irish music, so it's pretty good. But anyway, so essentially, yeah, so Ireland was always ruled by the British for the longest and longest of time. So, the majority of Ireland itself was Catholic, but it was dominated by a Protestant ascendancy. Uh, Catholics had very few rights originally, like, um, weren't allowed to carry weapons and were excluded from uh, military and administration. And they, the British government could veto all decisions made by Irish people, effectively, in the little sort of government that they allowed us to have. Um, the Irish had an extension of rights, um, but during the American War of Independence, and basically the, I believe it was the, the French Civil War, wasn't it? I believe, yeah, yeah um, inspired, yeah, yeah, the the Irish effectively their, their big rebellion, yeah, yeah, and um, that kind of got the, the Irish up and riled and ready to go, and kind of like, yeah, we're kind of tired of the English boot upon our throat. Scared, scared the piss out of the English too. Well, see, that's the thing, though, is that both times we've had big rebellions, they've both been cases where the Irish have been very opportunistic. Like, hey, they're off fighting somewhere else. Let's take our chances here now and start fighting. Uh It's kind of what you got to do. Exactly, yeah. But um, so Irish resistance groups started cropping up around the 1780s. Uh, One known as the Society of United Irish Men which were Catholics and non-conformist Protestants made up of. So they could have been Protestants, but they did not conform, obviously, to British rule. They did not agree with it. Right. And then another group called the Defenders, which were effectively based around rural areas as opposed to primary areas like Dublin and the major towns, sort of like that, like Cork. It's, just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a superhero team name. Oh, yeah, exactly. The yeah, the Defenders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so... Let me see here now. Sorry, I have other notes here to do with it. So the the rebellion itself lasted for a, a measly few months. It was May to September 1798. Yeah. Um, and as I said, the on one side you had the, Unite, the United Irishmen and the French Republic. And on the other side then you had the Kingdom of Britain and the, people can't see me doing these air quotes, Kingdom of Ireland. Right. And it was right. thusly named because of the British rule at the time, even though we did have our own kings at one stage, that doesn't matter. Anyway, um, so a couple of th- little cliff notes to kind of note about it is that the Irish church in 1795 sided with Britain and basically refused to acknowledge any form of rebellion um, after the foundation of the Catholic Maynooth College, which is a college that's still, I grew up very close to it. It's still... Um, running and everything like that but basically it was as far as I'm aware the British basically built the church this college and he went oh thanks for that we won't we won't go against you so um so the infamous wolf tone was very prominent figure in Irish history uh in 19 
in 19... I nearly did a U on it. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Corgan said about 1979. Um, in 1796, Wolf Tone went to Paris to try and convince the French Republic to assist the Irish for when the rebellion would begin. The rebellion began in... 1798 as I said and the majority of the fighting actually took place in Wicklow which is in the southeast of the country uh, just mm-hmm. south of Dublin basically and the Irish had a very decisive battle, decisive victory though out west in Castlebar in County Mayo and I know we're going to hear this oh Mayo it's a condiment ha 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 we've heard that joke loads of times please don't make that joke to us <laughs> sure, um, yeah. I'll, have, I'll have County Mayo in my nose so you're yeah. good but um, Mayo is part of um, one of the, the four provinces of the country and the province out, out west out west is uh, called Connacht and basically they, the Irish declared the Republic of Connacht after they won that battle as they drove the British out of the area and the Republic of Connacht lasted all of two weeks. And they lost the territory again. Uh, the French were late to the party. They came very, very late. As they want to do, you know. They came with the white flags at the ready though. You know, a whole ship full of them. And the rebellion was basically routed out come September. You know, it was great attempt, boys, you know. It led to yeah. paved the way. We're proud of you. Don't worry. We remember you all. I don't remember any of them. I don't know any of them. But um, <laughs> they tried. I mean, they nah, they, they, yeah. You look, look, look. They did. They did more than I've done. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. So, so in that case, yeah. But um, yeah. That that's that's kind of it. Like that's kind of the the quick version of it. You know, lasted nearly as long as the actual rebellion did itself there, but. You know, yeah, they tried. Yeah. Before I go on, do you like Mike? Do you have Mystery Science Theater three thousand over there? Not that I'm aware of. No, I don't. No, I don't, okay. I don't recognize I it. Under- I don't know if you understood my background or not. I thought it was uh, like the background from the Robin Sparkles thing from How I Met Your Mother. No, she's in the no it's Mystery <laughs> Science Theater three thousand, which is pretty just the uh, an astronaut and some robots are floating in space, and an evil genius is making them watch the worst movies ever made, and they just sit there and comment the whole time. Oh, uh, okay. it, it's yeah, it's look look it up next time you get to look up the Mystery Science Theater three thousand movie uh, where they where they uh, they watched uh, this island Earth, and it's one of the funniest things you ever watch in your life. It's fucking great. Oh, cool. Okay. I probably yeah. won't do that because right. it sounds pretty shit. But <laughs> <laughs> no, the movie, the movie that they watch is horrible. This Island Earth is fucking horror. Is a horrible movie, but the Mystery Science Theater three thousand is fucking hilarious. It's great. We actually watched one of the worst movies we've ever seen ever. What's that? It's this absolute another horrible piece of garbage called Shattered. That um, I was trying to pull up an IMDb review to call it Shattered, but it wouldn't let me do it. <laughs> uh, it's it's. It's ninety something minutes or whatever of your life you just would never get back. It's really that's that sucks. Yeah, we watched uh, we watched Smile the other night. The good Have you seen that yet? No, not yet. No, it was it was all right. I had a my wife jumped a handful of times, which is always fun. I don't care how good or bad the movie is. If it can make my wife jump a few times, that's it's good in my book. So cool. she jumped a few times. It's it's interesting. Um, I wouldn't put it up there with the the best ever or anything, but it the uh, it it definitely gives you the creeps. Cool. So if that's what you're going for. Yeah, yeah. Let's check it out. 
All right. Well, there's movie hour with Dan and Kevin. Yep. Let's get back to the fucking show. <laughs> Take a snippet out and we can make a separate podcast. <laughs> it was my fault. I started it. Uh, all right. So, yes, there you got the United Irishmen fighting against pretty much, you know, the British, the Church of England, um, Protestants versus Catholics. And not everybody who was fighting the British side was British. There were some, you know, Irish nobility that mm. were fighting along with the British because it actually they actually made off better doing it that way than if they would have fought with the Irish. Uh, so those that rebelled against the British were known as crappies. Now, these were Irish nationalists that opposed the wearing of the powdered periwigs closely associated with the members of the Protestant ascendancy. Like Dan had said, the Protestant ascendancy was the political, economic, and social domination of Ireland between the 17th and 20th century by a minority of landowners, Protestant clergy, members of the Church of Ireland or the Church of England. And they excluded groups like Roman Catholics, Presbyterians, Jews from politics, just like Dan had said. Um, and they wore those weird white wigs uh, to show their status in society. I think they wore them because they were riddled with lice and it kind of. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to imagine because nobody clean, cleaned themselves back then and they're already covered in shit. Not yet. So yeah, you got to think they were, they, you know. It was uh, you wear the white wigs because of the fleas. You put on the cake fucking makeup because your skin is horrible because you never fucking bathe and your half of you are fucking in, you know it's all incest and all that shit. Um, fucking British. <clears throat> Thank you for all of our Br- British fans out there. By the way, <laughs> give you a little interesting little um, factoid. It's not necessarily a factoid. It's a, it's more of a conspiracy, an Irish conspiracy. Of course, it is thought that the uh, Great Irish Famine was started because of that rebellion some years later to reduce the Irish population and to have them more under the heel shall we say Pun- because yeah to, to, yeah. yeah to punish them and to be like don't do that again motherfucker yep basically yeah and to control yeah. everything to do with it so yep yeah. anyway sorry continue I would not no, I would not doubt it that would not uh uh surprise me yeah, at all yeah, well, look, to find out that that was that was actually how first you take away our land then you take away our freedom and then you take away our potatoes no dice you can all right the two first two all right you're pushing it but that third yeah, one yeah. You motherfucker <laughs> now, now you've gone too far take away fucking potatoes uh that'd be the same thing here if like twinkies but, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> You took all the ranch dressing. We'll do anything you want. Just give us that, the ranch dressing. I was going to say, is, is, uh, Twinkies are like, what, the sixth major food group over there or something? It's, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, it's one of them. They're on the, 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 uh, the, 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 the food pyramid. I think there's like an offshoot of, for snack cakes. <laughs> <clears throat> it's a big business over that here. That they're made out of styrofoam. Really horrible things. Oh, I love them. I, I'm not a huge Twinkie fan. Uh, but I do love snack cakes. They are delicious. Fair enough. Star Crunch, especially, which aren't really cakes. Never heard of those. Okay. Okay. Star Crunch. Yeah. It, they're they're like puffed rice that are covered in chocolate and caramel, and they're Ooh. just they're. I will when when we send each other our care package, which we need to get, we need to figure out what we're sending each other so we can do that. Uh, I will send you uh, a handful of Star Crunch. I just I just googled they them. Will, 
Yeah. It won't appear in my yeah, camera. Look... No. Okay. <laughs> they do... I don't know what they look like. I've seen them. I just wanted to make sure that these <laughs> yeah. were the same thing, but oh my God, they look good. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're fucking delicious. They're my favorite. Uh, okay, so there's food hour. Yeah, okay, so we <laughs> movies, we cover food. So the crappies, called the crappies, because they wore their hair cropped, cut short to rebel against the ascendancy. Um, now, many that wore their hair short would be arrested, suspected to be a rebel or a member of the United Irishmen, a group that was leading the rebellion against the ascendancy. Now, these men weren't just arrested. If you couldn't guess from the fact that the story is being told on this show, they were also tortured uh, in various ways. They were flogged, so beaten with any number of you know tools, whips, clubs, what what have you. They were half hanged, which this this is this is something else. Um, that's where you would hang someone to the point of unconsciousness, just to the brink of death, then drop them down, oh, let them catch their breath, yeah, get a little strength back, and then hang them again, over and over until you know the fun's over. Or uh, it didn't say that many people died. They didn't, honestly, from the, the look of it, they didn't kill a ton of them. It was more of a, a you know, a beat down to tell them to just knock it the fuck off. Yeah, they, they um, needed they the people over- there That's the, at the time. You know, like, it's, it, they couldn't kill everyone because then there'd be nobody there to fucking grow their potatoes and shit for them. Yeah, you gotta have somebody to rule over somebody exactly, to do all the, yeah. the grunt work. Kill them, they're not gonna be there. Um, they were also picketed, um, which meant the rebels were made to stand on the narrow flat top of a peg for however long. Um, now, these pegs were more like stakes driven down in the ground, and they were called pickets. Um, now a rope would be thrown over a tree branch and it would be tied to the wrist of the offender and then wrenched up, leaving the heel or sole of the opposite foot resting on top of the picket. Uh, it'd cause a lot of pain, but unless something went horribly wrong, there'd be no lasting damage. It'd just be kind of like, uh, ha-ha, how's that feel, motherfucker? Type yeah. Thing. yeah. Um, but by far the worst of these tortures that the crappies endured was that of pitch capping. So, what was it? Well, the torturer would boil up some pitch or tar. It's usually used to seal waterproof seams in the sides of ships and boats. Thick, black, you know, half-solid, half-fluid shit. Uh, I don't know out there if you've seen tar, if you've ever been around tar. Uh, I worked in construction for a long time. I worked with tar a few times. It gets on you. Fucking sucks. Yep. It does not. <laughs> yeah. It's hot as shit yeah. when uh, when it's liquid, and it does not come off for anything. Well, there is one way to get it off. You're about to find out. Um, <laughs> so they would make uh, the the torturer would make a cap out of uh, paper or strong linen, whatever they had lying around, honestly. They weren't really too concerned with the fabric used as long as it was strong enough to hold together once, you know, pulled. Now, these caps would often be conical in shape, like uh, like a dunce cap or a birthday cap, uh, but bigger in order to come into contact with more of the scalp. Now, the boiling pitch would then be scooped or poured quickly into the cap while it was still, you know, 
hot, and then shoved onto the crappie's heads, being pressed hard, really get it stuck on there. Then they would simply wait for the tar to cool. When I say simply wait, the torture would wait, uh, the crappie would scream in agony and beg for death. Because, yeah, there ain't nothing simple about his waiting. Anyway, like, <laughs> just, we're just going to put that on your head, and then we, we just wait. And sit back, and they're like, oh, is that all we fucking do? Yeah, yeah you just sit there and wait. <clears throat> Can I get you a tea, coffee, rack of lamb, anything so, you want? After it cooled, they would simply grab a corner of the fabric and pull uh, the victim would usually suffer loss of skin and tissue around the heads. Sometimes they poured the pitch into the nose and mouth, but this was more of an execution of torture method, so it wasn't it wasn't done very often. Um, I know if if you a few of the different articles you could look up and you know, Wikipedia, obviously you look up and they kind of allude to like ancient Roman times where they would actually pour molten metal into people's mouths and noses and stuff like that. That's not really the same thing. That's trying, that's deliberately killing some, I mean, that's, you're obviously going to kill somebody doing that. That was not the point of this practice for pitch capping. This was more of a, uh, this is going to hurt like shit. And you're never going to forget about it. So don't try to rebel again type thing. Uh, and sometimes they wouldn't even bother making the cap, you know, go through all that part. They just pour the pitch onto the head and then pre- uh, press a piece of cloth onto it real hard and just let it cool. And, and then they'd grab it and rip it off. As long as they had something to grab and pull, they didn't really give a fuck. It's just the conical shape kind of, get, you know, gave it up. I was going to say, it's kind of like the... Uh... The, the first form of waxing but in a really really bad way when you know? when i read about this i thought about all the waxing videos that my wife has made me watch <laughs> yeah. and it's like that those could that could go horribly wrong <laughs> i can just imagine that yeah there's this, this guy the first guy who decided to start doing pitch capping his surname was veet or something like that like, yeah <laughs> uh veet and nair yeah, luckily wax isn't as, you know, sticky and viscous as tar to take your skin off. However, you can take off uh, a layer of skin if you have enough hair there that gets pulled out. It will pull some skin out. So be careful. <laughs> waxing but, tips, tips from Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> it's educational, too. This is <laughs> that was, wonderful. That was a waxing hour with Dan. <laughs> <laughs> what else can we cover today? Uh, so be careful when you're waxing. Don't use tar and you should be all right, though. Um, the, the Society of United Irishmen member Miles Byrne described pitch capping in his memoirs. Flogging, half-hanging, picketing were mild tortures in comparison of the pitch caps that were applied to the heads of those who happened to wear their hair short, called croppies, the head being completely singed, a cap made of strong linen well imbued with boiling pitch so closely put on that it could not be taken off without bringing off a part of the skin and flesh from the head. In many instances, the tortured victim had one of his ears cut off to satisfy the executioner that if he escaped, he could readily be discovered being so well marked. So yes, along with the pitch capping, sometimes the torturer would cut off at least one ear. To mark or them? whatever. They say it's, well, uh, if they get away, we'll know, oh, well, that's the guy we had because, you know, 
he's missing an ear. Oh, so just but... before they pitch captain, they cut the ear off. That's or during that, or after. That is That's what, like, it's like, yeah. How else you got, you're gonna know you got him already because half his head's gonna be missing. Like you see, exactly. Like, what I was thinking too. That's it's like he's wearing a hat. How else we recognize him? Oh, I'll chop his ear off, oh, just in case. <laughs> you know. Oh, he's wearing a beanie. I can't yeah, tell yeah, if we bitch capped him because he's wearing that beanie. Take off those headphones. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's only got one earbud in. That's harsh. <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. Are his glasses slanted? Now, this wasn't just, uh, hey, you're rebelling, we have to teach you a lesson type thing either. The British really got a kick out of doing these things to the Irish. I mean, they they had fun as shit while they were doing it. Um, While it was happening, the victims' arms were tied behind their backs, and their feet were tied together, so they couldn't run away. But after the pitch cap was applied many times... The victim's feet would be untied so they could get up and run around screaming in agony, uh, doing anything they could to get the pitch cap off. Sometimes they'd start slamming their heads into brick walls over and over and over in order to either knock themselves out or kill themselves to end the pain. And the British, you know, would just sit back and laugh and have a good old time drinking their throw rocks at cups of tea with their pinkies up and having tea and crumpets at high noon the <laughs> bastard <laughs> look, look at him running circles look at him, look at him running running like a peasant run run little peasant run don't worry we'll show well, you the guy's guys. just going the guy's just going ah! yeah. yeah slamming his head into the fucking wall to kill, to uh, probably kill himself. I'd imagine you probably put it against the wall and like, kind of scrape down to try to peel off some of the, uh, the tar. But then, of course, it would start peeling off your, your face, and uh, you'd stop. And it's for reasons like this, kids, that we like beating England in sporting events, <laughs> especially the rugby. You know, it's oh, is that is that the big one, the rugby? Typically, it's rugby because it's um. Wasn't rugby not devised from like warriors fighting or something like that? It's supposed to be like the most physical. It's supposed to be like one of the most physical jokes. It's meant to be like, like their whole thing is like, oh, it's warriors on the battlefield, but sport, like you know, it's it's, yeah, which is what sport really is. And the end of the day, it was supposed to be feats of athleticism and all that lark. Yeah, but yeah. Well, there you go. Damn English. Let's continue. So the most famous victim was one Anthony Perry, known as the Screeching General, one of the most important leaders of the United of the United Irish Wexford Re- Rebels. Uh, born in County Down into a Protestant family, he acquired a college education and in the late 1790s was a resident of Perrymount. Am I saying that right? Perrymount? I don't know. Never. Where's Perrymount? <laughs> I never heard of Perrymount. How do you spell it? <laughs> Perrymount near Perrymount near Inch, North County, Wexford. I uh, know, I know Inch, all right. Like, I, yeah, it'd be Perry. You know, yeah, Inch. I just Googled it. Yeah, that's Perrymount. Yeah. Okay. Well, because the last time we talk, uh, spoke with English towns, 
had an episode of English Towns. It was the um, town care and the, the ducking episode. And uh, you, you were sure to tell me later of all the, you just let me go. Oh, yeah, they're the ones. All the yeah, names of the towns. Yeah, yeah. I was saying wrong. Because I pronounced. But they were English Towns, so I didn't really care. <laughs> well, I just, I just, well, yeah, no, yeah, I understand. But I was just saying them the way that they were spelled out. The, the way they looked, because I'm American and I don't care. Uh, but there's a memorial like, in much of those wrong. There's a memorial forum there in near that town. I just saw it on Google Is Maps. That the statue with the men with the pikes standing there. Uh, no, it's just um, it's just like a like a stone thing. Like it's like a like um uh, an obelisk type thing that mm. has in memory of people who basically including himself a stone. yeah well <laughs> with, a, with a 1798 a... <laughs> yeah it's just it's just little rocks we, we should have a monument to all these people that died well, how about that rock yeah <laughs> all right it's just a that's potato fine. with his name carved into it that's all it is <laughs> it shall sprout but, uh, for years <laughs> oh yeah it's just down the road from uh perrymount house or something like that so yeah there you okay. go yeah i didn't know that now learn something new oh see Educate, it's an educational podcast. So Anthony Perry, uh, he would derive his income from commercial agriculture, uh, though known also as a gentleman of fortune. Again, his 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 family was fairly prosperous uh, as far as agriculture goes. Um, Seventeen ninety six, he enlisted in the Cool Greeny Yeoman Cavalry and was appointed second lieutenant. Is Cool Greeny is that right, or do you not know that one? How do you spell it? Cool Greeny. C-O-O-L-G-R-E-A-N-Y. I would have said Cool Greeny, yeah. Cool Greeny? Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Okay. Uh, the Cool Greeny Yeoman Cavalry. Yeah. So he soon afterwards sided with the rebels, having witnessed the atrocities committed by the Yeomanry. Uh, took the United, the United Irish Oath in April 1797 and was awarded the rank of of Colonel. Now you'd be asking, what the fuck is a yeoman? Well, Webster's definition of a yeoman goes as such. An attendant or officer in a royal noble or it, an attendant or officer in a ro- royal or noble household. A person attending or assisting another. A navy pet a naval petty officer who performs clerical duties. A person who owns and cultivates a small farm, specifically one belonging to a class of English freeholders below the gentry. A person of social rank of yeoman, or one that performs great and loyal service. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, hold on. So a yeoman is somebody who holds the rank of yeoman. <laughs> like, that's what one of them basically said. Yeah, and you could be, you could be, be yeah. of extreme noble lineage, or you could be a clerical staff member in the navy. Or a farmer. Oh, cool. Okay. So we could go around. <laughs> which, which, was, yo, I'm a really, human. Oh, who cares? <laughs> yeah. So, really, the farmer aspect is what I think they're really working on here because um, most of these people were farmers, landowners. Um, pretty much just a bunch of prosperous Protestant farmers and landowners that supported the ascendancy. So, a lot of these yeomen got together and formed. The Umanry. What the fuck is that? Well, pretty much <laughs> just a volunteer cavalry force. Uh, traditionally, 
make this makeshift militia militia was used to protect from outside forces like the French. I love makeshift militias. <laughs> They're better militias. than real militias. <laughs> Make, makeshift militia. Uh, now, during the rebellion, this yeomanry was used to wrangle up the rebels or anyone that stood against or spoke out against the ascendancy. So, there you go. Now you know. Oh. You know what a yeoman is? Kinda. And you know what a yeomanry is? It's okay. just a bunch of... It's a bunch of posh farmers that got together and decided to Yeah, yeoman could be anything. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? Yeoman? What do you do? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Good enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so now you know. Okay, now back to Anthony Perry. Uh, he was arrested May 23rd, 1798, confined in Gory Market House for several days. He endured 48 hours of brutal torture by a number of militiamen, including the infamous Tom the Devil. Giving way, giving way to his captors after suffering the agony of pitch capping, he disclosed the names of several South Wexford United Irish leaders. Perry was let out in the afternoon of the 26th and was nursed in a house near Gory, wedges of his skin having peeled off his skull and face. Nice. Metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So now I mention the name Tom the Devil. Now this was Tom, Thomas Honum, a sergeant in the Yeoman Militia, was said to have perfected the art of pitch capping. He was known for applying moistened gunpowder to the close crop scalp and then setting it on fire and letting them just kind of, you know, run around with the head full of flame. Nice. Uh, Tom, yeah, Tom would become so feared that his name would go on to be somewhat of a folklore villain for the next couple centuries. At least, that's what the internet tells me. Dan tells me something different. When I ask you who Tom the Devil was, you're like, oh, fucking yeah, hell. I, I sure don't. I know his cousin. I go drinking with him every other weekend. <laughs> you know, we're so, such a small place. Now, I, I, I didn't know about him myself, being honest, but I looked him up and it, it apparently... He's known as Tom the Devil, or to say, which is an Irish yeah. slang term for devil. But um, devil, yeah, you little devil, whatever. Too but um, yeah. yeah, I didn't have a clue about old Tom. Never heard of him before. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> don't know what else oh, to well. say. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's fine. I bet you he doesn't have a we potato monument dedicated to him, though. <laughs> can't all. <laughs> Now, if you look up pictures of pitch capping, not much will come up. Uh, there is one, however, and it's usually the same one over and over and over again. And this is of Captain Richard Swain of the Cork Militia and uh, his torturing of the people of the village of Prosperous, the site of the first battle of uh, 1798. Now, apparently... Swain and his company sacked the town on the 20th of May and began just pitch-capping anyone with short hair. Uh, it was indicated to Swain by Dr. John Esmond, who himself was actually a United Irishman. Um, Swain did not realize that. I guess he was kind of uh, doing a little undercover work. Uh, he told him that weapons would be delivered to Swain under the cover of darkness on the evening of the 24th. 
But on that night, rather than handing over weapons, the rebels attack the barracks. Again, doing it at times uh, uh, that would, are most, uh, I don't know, just like how they attacked, how uh, they rebelled and the British were at war somewhere else. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, they, they're, yeah, taking advantage of the situation. Opportunistic. That's the word I was looking for. Oh. Very good. Thank you. Now, most of the militia company was killed, and Swain himself was surprised in bed, shot and piked to death, and his body burned in a tar barrel. Probably the same tar barrel they were using to pitch cat people. Uh, apparently, this could have all been avoided by the simplest of measures. William Hamilton Maxwell, in his History of the Irish Rebellion of 1798, says Swain's military judgment go... Um, <laughs> he goes as far as calling it stupidity. Nice. Uh, he points out. He points out that if Swain would have just put a cart in the middle of the road in front of the barracks and put a few more pickets out, uh, he would have been ha- had enough time to get up and attack the rebels and probably win. But instead, he's like, ah, fuck it. Goes to bed, and next thing you know, he's burning in a barrel of tar. <laughs> it's pretty funny though. In some ways. Yeah. In some, way, in some ways. Now, unlike the scalping found in America during the wars between the white man and the natives, or the molten metal used in ancient Rome, pitch capping was almost exclusively used to severely scar the victim as to remind them and to show everyone else what happens when you go against the ascendancy or the Church of England. And that's honestly all I have for pitch capping. I really hope I was going to have more, but there's not a whole lot out there. Um, but I wanted to cover it just because it's fuck. It seems fucking horrible. Yeah, but there's not an awful lot you can say about pouring tar on somebody's head and ripping it off, peeling it off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I yeah. tried to get is like it's like where did it start? Apparently, <laughs> started here. It kind of ended here that's too. It. So. Well, um, while there may not be any um, actual actual pitch capping in it, I can uh, yeah. go on to IMDb here. Well, uh, not really, but anyway, uh, recommendation for people, um, if you want to have a look at a bit of Irish history and stuff like that, there's a film out there that was, it's based on a book that was about the 1798 rebellion, but it actually takes place instead during the Easter rebellion. When, and the War okay. of Independence, the one we actually won in the end. Um, okay. Yeah, except whatever, for every reason, it's obviously a better backdrop and stuff like that for films and stuff like that. But if you watch uh, The Wind That Shakes the Barley, is the name of it. Um, there's no the pitch cap. Yeah, it's, the book was called The Wind That Shakes the Barley, and there's multiple okay. things on it. Um, apparently, it's heavily based on both that, uh, the song, sorry, there's a song called The Wind That Shakes the Barley, and there is a book called. Uh, called the scorching wind that's heavily based on as well and stuff like that so it's a bit of everything in there great film very good i'd actually watch it right now yeah. i think it's that good it's killian murphy in it oh, okay yeah i'm sure you like uh, it scarecrow yeah yeah well worth the watch and 20 and 28 days later yeah and uh liam cunningham oh, is P- also P- in P- it Blinder. the onion knight from game of thrones Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. 
Oh, whereas it, alas, oh. it's not about this particular thing, but it slightly ties in to well, a certain I mean, extent. I guess if you're going to make a movie, you probably want to pick the one that you win, not the one that you kind of peter out. Yeah. Well, look. <laughs> It's like a movie about the Iron Million in 1998. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't no uh, Mick Jagger in a Mark One Iron Man costume, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's still worth it. Sean Connery as a Spaniard. Yeah. <laughs> or Spanish <laughs> Prince. <laughs> All right, fuck. So we would like to thank the Crime Bay podcast for starting up this episode. Uh, link to all their stuff will be on our show notes. Follow us on Instagram and all the other social medias at TorturePod. Email us, torturepodgmail.com. If there's anything you would like for us to cover, or if you have any comments, you rate review on Apple. I think Podchaser still does it. There's probably a couple other ones that I'm, I'm forgetting. But if you listen somewhere where you can rate and review, please do. It, it really helps us. Uh, uh, good pods, too. You can do it on there. Uh, follow or subscribe to us on whatever service you listen on. Um, you know, you're just picking up the episode somebody tells you you know matt you know you're in an elevator and madeline tells you about the episode <laughs> just just pull it up and just hit subscribe it really helps us uh head over to our youtube page where i'm doing little you know snippets and excerpts from the show where you can actually see our bright and shining faces um you'll get to see these more if you sign on to our patreon which i am i promise working on um, if you'd like to donate to the show, you can in either our link tree, or you can find it on our socials, or buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash torturepod, which can also be found on our link tree, which is, again, on our socials. Currently working on more merch. Uh, I got a few ideas in mind that uh, I'm, I'm trying to put out. Uh, I'm sure Dan does too, and we're going to get uh, oh, those yeah. put up eventually, and, and the Patreon. Um, but before, uh, we go, I want everyone to go after, obviously you're done listening to this episode, go over to the, please don't follow me home podcast (laughs) and listen and listen to, well, as of today, their latest episode, um, by the time this comes out, I'm sure they will have, I can tell you the date was uploaded. If you want, I used to have Spotify open so I can have a look. It was the one. Uploaded on the 27th of February 2023, just in case anybody listens in the future. <laughs> it's the Riverdale Road and San Francisco Dam Disaster episode. Yes. Yes. It's a good episode. It's a, good, it's a great podcast, so go listen to it anyway. But listen oh, first brilliant. to that episode. Listen to that episode specifically, because <laughs> you can finally, finally hear... Dan's song for Joey, and I gotta tell you, it's a fucking masterpiece. No, it isn't. I was, <laughs> it's I was nearly great. crying when I heard it back. I was sitting. It was really funny because I was like, "Oh, they have a new episode. I better listen to that." And I stuck it on, and the next thing, then I heard my own voice, and I'm like, "Oh my god, here we go!" You know, get here starting. I was like, "Oh Christ, no!" But um, well, I had yeah. I I had sent it to them. To, to her and she listened to it and she was she was ecstatic she's like thank you so much this is great i told her she can do whatever she wants with it we're not going to play it on our podcast it belongs to them we will however have it on our patreon so um if you want to get it there when patreon gets up that will be there uh, i just let her know that if she you know takes it and sells a million copies and makes a bunch of money that you want a writer's credit and 20 percent. so <laughs> i might get a um a more kind of professional finished version of it done at some stage just to um yeah. 
because yeah it's like the microphone being used for it doesn't really suit what's needed and you know and again apologies took so long to actually get done just because life and yeah you know part part of it admit, was also uh nerves it was very Johnny Cashy. That's yeah. That's the vibe I was going for with it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he can the, talk the, the, more the, than anything. The yeah, the, the speak. It was almost like a man named. That's Sue exactly type. the the one. That's yeah. exactly what I was that, going that's, for. That's, yeah. that's what popped in my head when I was listening. I was like, what does this remind me? I was like, sing it, sing it, sing it. Fucking shit! This is Johnny yeah. Cash. <laughs> Fucking man names. Yeah. So uh, boy named Sue. Or yeah, boy named Sue. Yeah. Yeah, boy named Sue. Um. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> no, you will not. I was listening to it last night at work, and I was just like, oh, my God, this is so – I've heard it already a dozen times. He messaged it to me, and I listened to it a few times. I was like, this is great. She's going to love it. I hope she loves it. And then she did, and then she played it on the podcast. So go go, uh, go listen to that episode. Listen to the okay. dance. The reactions I thought were really funny. I have to say, uh, thanks to uh, Jimmy and Joey. Because I, yeah. I, 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 like I said, I thought I was sitting there just like, oh my god, this is this is horrible. And then Jimmy's like, this they, is the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> they loved it. They absolutely love it. And it's, it's. I told my wife, I was like, they're they're like, oh, this is the coolest thing we've ever heard. She's like, I don't know if I would go that far. I was like, fuck you, because yes. If somebody wrote a song about our podcast, that's gonna say, yeah. be like this is the greatest thing ever. She's like, but my you know my wife is much more hard to please. You're dead to me, Stephanie. Uh, <laughs> She's like, it, I mean, okay. It's like no, you wrote a song for them and they loved it. It's all matters. Uh, there may but, be more in the future. We will see how things go. That would be great. You should write a song for every podcast. That we're no, <laughs> they've been waiting fifteen years. Like I said already, part part of the the one part of the reason was I I kept trying to um, get something down and it just wasn't sounding good enough to me at all. Part of it was yeah. was nerves and stuff like that as well. You know, so I was kind of like, oh god, what am I sure. going to do? And then you know, and I I think I went through about fifteen different like um, music tracks. Of different attempts to things, yeah. and I only sent you like two of them, uh, two different ideas, and I've gone through so many yeah. of them, and I'm sitting there kind of going, "No, this isn't good enough. This isn't good enough. No, no, this is crap. This is terrible." <laughs> and eventually, as I guess, send them on to another friend as well, and he's like, "No, these are good, man. You should send these on." I'm like, "No, they're crap." But um, send them all. Just send yeah, that's thing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm my own worst judge, I'd say, in some ways. But um, yeah. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Totally glad it's done now. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'm glad you did it. Yeah. Done and over with, and they're happy with it. Uh, so a hint for our next episode, ironically enough, will be our first listener-suggested episode. And once again, thank you, Joey. If you were listening to the episode where we talked about her email and where this whole thing started with Dan writing her a song on it, uh, you would know what ne- our next episode is. If not, I would say go back and listen to the whole catalog of episodes that we have, and, and you'll find it. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Go listen to all of them. Uh, that's all I got. But uh, it's a short episode. I'm sorry, but that that that's all I got. Ah, um, so hopefully, good. yeah, yeah. Um, I want to thank everybody 
for the previous three episodes for hanging in there, listening to those. Those were much longer episodes, so this one's kind of a, a little episode to you know cleanse the palate. But we got a lot of listens to those last three episodes. Ooh, I mean, yeah, yeah well, <laughs> usually with you know it, it it ranks like the last thirty days or hundred twenty days, however much I want, into how many listens each episode got. And usually our new episodes are you know halfway down the list because. Older episodes have gotten listened to more. Yeah. Those things shot straight up to the fucking top. <clears throat> I think it's like cool. third, the third, and then the first, and then the second are as as goes one, two, three. Yeah. And then and then the rest. So that's pretty cool. Either people liked it or people didn't like it, but they listened long enough for it to register in our analytics. Yeah. One or the other. Or people are I guess Googling some really strange words out there. So look at this. I um, appreciate the listens, but, you know. Yeah, it's great that you people are listening to the show, but I think you need therapy. What the fuck yeah. are you doing? Shouldn't be that many people listening to that those episodes. They're the ones I didn't you listen really- to on purpose. Like, I, I avoided the second one yeah. on purpose because I was like, right, I already sat through that, and that's a bit much. Well, um, especially the second one. Yeah. First one... Yeah. First one's not near as bad. Third one's not bad, really, at all. Third one's actually, actually, you know, pretty decent. People get their comeuppance. But the second one was horrible. Yeah. But I want to thank but thank you to everybody that uh, sat through that. Yeah. So thank you very much. a little much. bit of a, yeah, uh, a shorter episode, so you guys don't have to sit through that. Uh, we were actually, next episode was actually going to be more of that uh, child abuse and rape and shit like that and I was like no we can't I gotta do something else we can't do that again <laughs> put that off a few more weeks yeah we'll yeah it'd be a bit, again, bit, be a bit, bit too heavy yeah even for me uh, but yeah <laughs> even for the the uh, beaten down Irishman that's just too much emotional pitch capping <laughs> you just Oh, God, that would have been the best Valentine's. Uh, you pitched cap my heart. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's all I got. I'm done. I'm done. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. And we'll see you. Bye-bye. <laughs>